0: Commitment is required for us to really experience the full change, the fullness of the life that that Christ wants to give us in this process. And so committing to the process is important, but what are the reasons why we might hold back from fully committing to Christ and the process, and what is the cost of not doing that? Today we're going to talk about that. Welcome back to Hope and Recovery, a fellowship celebrate recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics, all centered around the Beatitudes and the celebrate recovery principles, uh, where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, our hangups, and habits, and even our broken relationships so that we can live out this plan. jesus calls recovery he calls plan to life to walking in the newness and the fullness of life i'm a grateful believer in jesus christ i struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism my name is rodney i'm the ministry leader of the fellowship bible church in rogers celebrate recovery and welcome back thank you guys for joining us and i love the conversations around this just seeing families having conversations and continuing this conversation uh, uh, with each other and just unpacking this and, and going deeper with it. It's fun to hear how God is using this. So thank you for sharing it and as always giving us a, a five a star and a review to help us uh, reach more people and have more exposure on podcast uh, threads. But uh, hey, welcome! And grateful for this conversation that we're going to have. I've got a great friend, you know, Andy, the ministry leader uh, at Fellowship Fayetteville Celebrate Recovery. Andy, welcome back, man.
1: Thanks, man. Hey, y'all. I am a grateful believer in Jesus. I struggle with anxiety, depression, sexual addiction, and grief. And my name is Andy. Hey, Andy. So, yeah, you know, as we kind of, a lot of these
0: podcasts come out of our conversations, just sitting around the office as we're in other meetings and such. And and we were just kind of wrestling with this idea of, um, I know I wrestled with it in my own recovery and I see it in, in other people that I'm interacting with, but this principle of committing fully to the process you know oftentimes we'll hear people say well I tried that and it didn't work and um, so they kind of tap out and and maybe nothing'll work but um, just jumping in here Andy what what's coming up for you in this space when we talk about fully committing to the process
1: yeah well I know for me like this is this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart because I think about uh, my story and how I saw that I needed change, but yet how resistant to making whatever choice it took to find that change I was. Uh, and it's it's just funny, you know. In in these conversations that we've talked about this, it's it's amazing uh, to me how much pride I really do have. Hmm. And how much, uh, how much there it? I want to hold on to uh, just some semblance that I've got it together. Yeah. And so I know I found in my recovery is, uh, and this is kind of one of the progressions for me. You probably remember this from when I first jumped into to that my first step study with you, Rodney. But when I first got in, uh, even in my introduction, I couldn't say that I struggled with pornography. Mm. My introduction was I'm a grateful believer and I struggle with lust. Mm. Now, was that true? Yes. But there was a part of me of like, all right, I'm going to admit this, but am I really that messed up that I've got to admit? This? Yeah.
0: And if I have to admit that, if I do, what does that say about me? Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. It's a lot of shame there.
1: Yeah. And it's funny how pride and shame, uh, I remember a friend of mine telling me once, man, because I, I was telling them how I struggled with uh, codependency, but I also struggled with pride and they go, well, you can't struggle with both of those. That's not possible. <laughs> I'm like, well, I do. It is possible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You work your recovery. I'll work mine. Yeah. 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 And it, I think that, yeah. So, you know, a lot of times, I mean, that here's the image that comes to my mind. If, if you go to the, doctor you're probably going because things are not right yeah yeah and so you're in the waiting room and you know this is why time doesn't heal all wounds you know you can't sit in the waiting room for days and it just miraculously goes away (laughs) Um, at some point you have to see the doctor and so you go and you see the doctor and he asks you um hey what what's wrong what hurts and can you imagine if you, let's just say you had a broken leg yeah, and you tried to hide that and you say, you know, I just feel off, you know, I can't sleep, um, I, just, <laughs> I, I feel irritated, you know, I just, I just feel pain all the time. And he said, like, well, where does it actually hurt? It's like, you know, I just, my whole body kind of just hurts, you yeah. know, and which is true. If you have a broken leg, your whole body does hurt. Yeah. <laughs> But the root of it is the broken leg. Uh-huh. If I don't tell the doctor, "Hey, I've got a broken leg," and maybe I'm embarrassed at the way I broke my leg. You know, I was being stupid. and I jumped off the roof of the house. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, well, that wasn't very smart. But, but well, for whatever reason, um, and it's a very simple example, but it's very practical. And and we do that with our our hurts in general. Yeah. At some point, if I don't say. This is what is actually happening. This is where it hurts and I need help. I I'm not going to experience the healing, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think so often to carry on that uh you know, that illustration there. I think so often like for me when I walked into recovery it was I rather than me right off the bat going, I think I broke my leg. I'm going, well, my feelings hurt and <laughs> Yeah, my body hurts. I've got a headache. And and then as I, I felt more safe, I was going, well, you know, sometimes when I walk, every now and then, <laughs> I feel something hurt. Yeah. Uh and, and like and I see that but a it's lot. It's
0: manageable. And, but it's
1: manageable. and I got it, you know, yeah. you know, I bought this I bought this crutch and that's okay. Yeah. But and and part of that is part of that was me seeing, is it really safe? For me to say I broke my leg. Because hmm. it's not like I don't know my leg's broken. right? Like I know what's going on. And there was a part of me of like, I need to see if this is a safe place. And so I'm going to ease into the waters. And we see that a lot. But I think what was going on in my recovery was that I stayed in that place hmm. for Probably nine nine months to a year, if I'm being honest. Mm. Like it it took me a while to really fully be honest with myself, and I know for me that was because, uh, and you know we always talk about you know there's good reasons why mm. there's there's good reasons why we uh, we protect or defend or numb ourselves the way that we do, uh, but at some point we've got to understand that the w- and admit that the way that we're protecting, numbing, or defending ourselves isn't working and is actually hurting us
0: yeah well and I think in, I think in general sometimes probably guys are worse about this sorry guys not not trying to do a blanket statement here but maybe I'm maybe I need to use IME statements going to the doctor sometimes can be scary and I think I think fears is kind of a thing that pops up for me is is, is the what ifs. What if they tell me something really, really, really bad? I think it's a broken leg, but they say, actually, you've torn a lot of tendons. Mm -hmm. You're going to need extra surgery. Uh, You're probably going to be out of commission for seven months or, you know, whatever. Kind of the worst case scenario. It's the unknown that that can be a little bit scary that can keep us from going in the first place and then being honest uh you know me and my wife had this conversation a lot of times it's like i you got to record the conversation with the doctor cuz she'll say well what did he say and it's like um uh, i can't remember what he said <laughs> <And> it's like <laughs> what you know d- did you tell him this did you tell him this and well I, yeah i think i told him that and <laughs> and it's like man just write it down and and be prepared but what is it that it, it is keeping me from telling them exactly what's going on, and the fear that comes up yeah. of the unknown.
1: Well, and I think also one of the things I know for me in in my addictive tendencies, there was a feeling of of shame because of how many times I had failed before, mm. even when I felt like I was taking the the biggest step I could ever take. Well, I admitted that I was struggling with lust with mm. these with with these guys, but I just keep relapsing, and so like this isn't working, yeah, and what i what I failed to see was like, yes, I was taking some steps, and like I didn't want to keep I didn't want to keep opening up because I felt like every time I opened up, I failed, but what I wasn't grasping is that. I was trying to manage how much I handed over to Jesus hmm. and trying to say, okay, geez, functionally in my head. Uh, I don't know if I had this cognizance thought, but looking back, I can see how functionally I was going, okay, Jesus, if I admit this, I expect you to do this. Hmm. And still when, feels
0: like I'm in control a little bit.
1: That's exactly, that's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. Is if I, if I hand you this, you, you do this. Please do this. Yeah. You, well, Jesus, you're not doing this. Like right. what's going on? But Jesus is saying like, look, it's a good thing that you're doing this. We want to applaud that. But you're, you're holding, you're holding a dozen eggs and you're giving me three. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. give me the whole box, man. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, and I've seen this in um in a counseling setting sometimes too. It's like. Sometimes we hold back and we're not fully honest about everything. It's like, this is a place where you need to be honest. You came here with a goal and and in our small groups, it's the same way. It's like you came here because your life is falling apart, um, is leaning into what, what are the good reasons why I'm holding that back? Um, and what's the cost of holding that back? right? I mean, I'm actually delaying the healing process. The more information I hold back, the longer it sits in my body, the longer it sits in hiding, the longer it sits in shame. And and I'm just going to continue this path of trying to grind it out. And I'll give you a little piece of this, God, and maybe you can just do what you can do if I just give you this little sliver. And he doesn't need a part of us. He needs all of us. Yeah. And that's come as you are, right? Tell me exactly where you are and what is hurting, not because he needs us to tell him that, but because that's our part of taking responsibility and fully going in. It's like, here's the full mess. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: Yeah. What What comes to mind? Uh, so... Growing (laughs) up in Missouri, uh, we don't have this in Arkansas, but in Missouri, we had these yearly uh, emissions tests that to register your vehicle, you had to make sure it passed everything on there. And uh, if a check engine light was on on your car, then you wouldn't pass. And so every year, there was a couple weeks where me and my dad growing up when I was driving my old 96 Ford Ranger, that (laughs) always had the check engine light on, we would spend like Two, two or three weeks to register the car trying to figure out how do I turn this check engine light off and uh, it was it was just a, how do I turn this check engine light off for, that's such
0: a guy thing I know
1: I know for a long enough time for us to pass this emissions test and it was always there was always something going on that Like we were, we were always trying to figure out how do we get around this so that I can get, so I, that I can keep maintaining the status quo. Mm. But the goal was never to fix the truck. Right. And I think I addressed my recovery like that. Yeah. How do I just turn this check engine light off? (laughs) Like, it's fine. Like, but I think what I never realized with that old Ford Ranger was that that thing I just resigned myself to this idea of it's only going to run as good as it's running right now. Hmm. I didn't realize that, man, this can actually, this, this vehicle can be in a whole lot better condition. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take me actually looking and seeing what's going on under the hood and not just saying, how can I turn the check engine light off? But how can, how can we actually fix this thing? Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and when you're talking about the the light, I mean, that's so fascinating. It made me think of in life's healing choices. One of the things we talk about are the things that we try to control. Um, Pastor John Baker talks about that where he's talking about we try to control uh, our pain. We try to control people. We try to control our problems. But one of those big ones is try to control our image. Yeah. And the image of... <laughs> gosh, if anybody sees this check engine light, what are they going to think of me? It's like, I'm a bad maintainer of this car. Yeah. <laughs> and actually the car is doing exactly what it was designed to do. Mm-hmm. If something's off, it's supposed to tell you. And what you're actually doing is saying, stop doing your job. Yep. And the body is the same way, right? When we when we are experiencing pain and all this comes online for us, the pain and these, these indicators in our body, and our mind, our heart, the body's actually doing exactly what it's designed to do. And instead of facing it, we try to control it. Yeah. And that, that's a picture that I saw when you were talking about that just get the check engine light to go away, which is just revealing a problem. It's not making the problem go away. Exactly. It's taking away the, the indicator which is why we go to numbing agents and, you know, just make the pain go away and de- therefore it's gone. Yep. No, it's just, you're delayed it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a big difference. Yeah. So I, w- I want to take a quick break here. And when we come back, I want to, I want to continue that conversation and what that looks like practically as we're, um, yeah, no, we're trying to kind of dip our toe into the recovery process and, and, and then wondering, why is nothing changing? Uh, and I'd love to continue that conversation. Uh, stick with us and we'll continue this conversation about committing to the process and uh, what might be holding us back and what that cost is. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, we'd love for you to join us on a Friday night. There's something special happening on our campuses at Fellowship Bible Celebrate Recovery. We can just feel God moving, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. There's lots of healing. Come as you are. You are invited. We will welcome you, and we'll point you to Jesus Christ as we work our recovery together. Go to fellowshipcr.org if you'd like to find out more information. Join us on our Fayetteville or Rogers campus, six p.m. for Connection Cafe meal, and seven o'clock for the worship. Welcome back, talking with Andy Petrie, uh, the ministry leader at uh, Fellowship Bible Fayetteville, uh, Celebrate Recovery. I'm Rodney with uh, uh, Rogers Campus, and. And uh, yeah, so we were, but right before break, we we're just talking about how we try to control that image and covering. I love that imagery of the, of the check engine light and how we try to cover that up. At what point did that not work anymore, Andy?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> man, you know. And what's funny is even just thinking about this, I get a little bit emotional thinking about it. But for me, uh, within my recovery, it was uh, a relapse that happened. Mm. After after we finished up our step study together, Rodney and uh, and I remember there was a moment of me confessing that relapse to my sponsor, mm. and uh, you know, since I was on staff with Celebrate Recovery and you know, you're you're yeah. my supervisor. <laughs> he was like, "Hey, man, like you, you need to bring Rodney into this," mm. and for me, when I heard that uh when i when i heard tim say that i my heart dropped mm. because there was a thought of man i have failed so much mm. that i've got to go and confess to my boss that this happened yeah and there was uh and it took me actually a couple weeks to bring you into that mm-hmm. uh because i was so scared of admitting that yeah. and i remember on the drive over I had I had set a time with you yeah. on it. And I remember on the drive over just saying, Lord, I can't do this anymore. Mm. I just I don't care what happens to my job. Mm-hmm. I don't care what happens to me, but I can't live like this mm-hmm. anymore. And that was probably my moment of complete God whatever. Mm. I I don't care anymore. Yeah. I, I just can't do this. Yeah. And it was me having to, in some ways it felt like detaching myself from it, but in a lot of ways it felt like me just going, God, here it is. I am, I'm done trying to control this. Hmm. And it was that moment, that was my moment of giving up on myself. Hmm. And it was the best choice I ever made.
0: Yeah, truly. I love that. And thanks for sharing that, that just dying to yourself its that there's no more of me that I can bring to this. I, it's all you got. I'm emptying myself out. Yeah. And I'm going to trust you uh, with that process because, because that is a thread. I mean, just the thinking about where guys get stuck. I mean it's a guys that they are kinda of dipping their toes in. I say guys collectively. This is not just a male, this is male and female. Yeah, because we all do it. And when I say guys, I want to be clear on that. But but we will dip our toe into it and sometimes it's just to appease the people around us. Yep. So well, I'm going to meetings, what more do you want? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like well this is not about them number one it's are you fully embracing the process knowing that it's going to take time but uh, too often times when i when i talk to people you know that are kind of in that space of well i tried it and that didn't work well, let's talk about what tried it means what did you do yeah were you were you going to your your general meeting night well no i I've got too much going on. I'm busy. Okay. Well, that happens. Life happens. Do you, how often do you go to open share? Well, maybe once a month. Okay. Well, you're early in the process. That's probably important. How about your step study? Are you, how much time are you devoting to the working the questions? And it's like, well, I, I'm usually Life life's so busy and I'm kind of, I get there and I scribble them out right before I go in you know, <laughs> uh, that, you know, sitting in the car kind of thing. And that and there's nothing, I mean, it's not legalistic. It's it's just trying to understand, you know, how many times are you calling your sponsor? Yeah. How many people know are invited in your full story? You know, that's <laughs> yeah. so important. That shame killer is like pride says I can't let anybody know about this. And shame's in that. But pride is like, you know, protecting that image, controlling the image. I want you to see me in a certain light. Who am I inviting into that? Yeah. And if I'm not inviting anybody into it, it still has a tendency to kind of sit in a in a space of shame, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. And you know, man, all all of that's so good and that I think the verse that's coming to my mind in there is in Matthew 16, hmm. where Jesus says, "For whoever seeks to save their life will lose it." Yeah. "But whoever loses their life for me will find it." Yeah. And I think there's, there's a lot of those things that we, that in that way to try and control my image, it's me trying to quote unquote, save my life. What, what part of my life am I still holding on to? What part of my life am I, am I saying, you know, that idea of like, well, I'm going to meetings, what more do you want? <laughs> and it's that, that image of if, if I'm going to the doctor to get a tumor removed. And you say this all the time, Rodney, if I'm going to the doctor to get a tumor removed mm-hmm. and I go, and it's a big deal to go and do that, to have yeah. that surgery done. Like, but if, but if we thought we were going to remove one and we find eight, mm-hmm. am I, it, yeah, like let's cut those eight out. Yeah. And thank God for the one tumor that brought us to that operating table.
0: hmm yeah, well, and, and just as you said that to kind of carry that out, I mean, imagine being the physician that said you only have one, yeah. right? And then they do surgery on you, and they find eight. Gosh, I would not – it would be the tra- tragedy, a travesty if they looked in and it saw eight. It's like, oh, I think – I told them one, I think I'm just going to leave it as one. I'm just going to take the one out and sew them up and say, I took the one out. I told you it was there. It's like that. No, if you find something, I need you to be honest about it and say, I thought there was one, but there's actually eight. And and that's the cool thing about the relationship aspect. Just thinking about the sponsor, sponsee relationship, also the accountability. When we have people that we love and trust that we put around us and they say, hey, I see something in you. You're not committing to the process, bro or sis. Um, I haven't seen you on Friday nights. Where you been? What's going on? Well, I'm busy. And I, the quote that comes to mind is, if the devil doesn't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Yeah. And we have to be mindful of that. Is is my recovery a high priority? How much time did I devote to my dysfunction and am I committing the same to the recovery process?
1: <laughs> I was just about to say that, man. I don't think there was ever a time where I came home when I was in the midst when I was in the midst of my <laughs> alcohol abuse. There was never a time I came home on a Friday night. Just and too said, busy. Golly, it's been a long day. I don't think I can make it to the bar tonight. Hey, sorry guys. I can't come to the party tonight. I just it's been a day. I'm gonna kick my feet up and watch Netflix and <laughs> Yeah. Like and so that's such a good point. How committed was I to my dysfunction? Yeah. Am I going to be equally committed to my healing?
0: Yeah, and and we talked about this on previous podcasts. Just that mourning aspect. Oh yeah. Am I mourning after my sin? Do I see the effects of my sin? If I don't fully take that in as this is a this is a big deal and something has got to change. Just yeah. the, even the car ride, that experience you were talking about. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I can't, to see the pain in my wife's eyes because of my choices and my actions, I've got to do something different. So am I, you know, priorities are an indicator of what's important to me, Oof, right? Yeah. If that's not a priority, then the question is, is it important to you? Yeah. And if it's not important, don't shame it. If it's not important, lean into it and ask why. Yeah. Is the pain not become great enough? <sighs> right? Yeah. And it's kind of a tongue in cheek. It's like, a, what would have to happen for you to be committed? Well, I'd probably have to lose my marriage. And 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 I've talked to guys kind of tongue in cheek. It's like, well, maybe we need to start praying for that. <laughs> and it's like, oh,, whoa, no, no we don't do that much. You know, I, I, I'm actually committed. I, I, think yeah. I, I think I want to make that a priority. But, but it, is a, it is interesting how the, we talked about the fears, and we've said this on previous podcasts, but the pain has to become greater than our fear of change, yeah. and, but, but it doesn't have to become that. You know, we can look at when I look at the people around me, when I look at the debris, do I feel the pain, the consequences enough that I go, Ugh, yeah. I'm warning? I need comfort in this. And so, just like you said, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm ready for something new. I need change. I'm shifting my priorities. I'm going all in. No yeah. more dipping my toe in this process. I'm all in in this process.
1: Yeah. I can't, that moment of saying, I can't do this anymore. When we say let go and let God, that's what we mean. Yeah. It's not a just, Oh, well, I'm going to hand this to God and you know, yeah. everything's going to be fine. It is a, no, I cannot do this. Hmm. There is that Roman seven verse I know there is nothing good that dwells within me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I've always joked with my guys, is like one thing that recovery has taught me is that I cannot trust myself. Mm. Uh and like I just I don't have it in me. Yeah. And so at some point, at some point, I have to get gut level honest with myself. Yeah. And say, this is not working. Yeah. And I can either, I can either choose to just resign myself to the pain, yeah, and let nothing change, and what a terrible decision that is. Miserable. Miserable. Or I can go. There's another option. I hear. Hmm. What would, what would it look like? Yeah. If I just said whatever. Yeah. God, I'm giving this to you.
0: Yeah. So let's talk practically. Yeah. Uh, so what would that look like if I said, okay, someone's listening and they're kind of, they've been in that space of dipping their toe. They're not committing to the process that, that, you know, the whole thing, what would it look practically if I said, I'm fully committing and I'm letting go and letting God, what would be some of those practical things I could grab onto that would be things that would help me understand what that means?
1: Yeah. I think, I think first off, it's that admitting aspect of in our, and I, I, you know, I would, we can say this in IME statements, but I feel like this is true for all of us. But like, (laughs) and so in my dysfunction, I knew exactly the behaviors that were going on Mm -hmm. and how to name them. Mm. But when I was with people, there was a part of me of like, I want to say this, but I feel embarrassed. And so I'm going to soften the language a little bit. Mm. But I had, I had and still half to force myself to say it, mm. say it honestly and say it exactly how I need to say it. Yeah. And if we're not willing to name it exactly right. as it is in a way that cuts a little bit, mm are we really being honest with people around us? And so I got to say it Hmm. to myself and then I have to say it to somebody else. And then I got to go and open share and I got to say it to all of them. Yeah. And, and like the more people I bring into it.
0: Yeah. It loses its
1: power. It does. It's in, and that's the thing. I'm not just saying, go and tell everybody. Right. Yeah. You
0: don't want to get on Facebook and say, Hey world, I struggle with this and this.
1: (laughs) No, but Every time that I bring somebody into what I, what's going on in gut level honesty in a safe place and rest assured, celebrate recovery is a safe place. Yeah. When I do that, uh, happened the other week in Hope and I told people some stuff that was going on in my life, and they just go, "Thanks for sharing, Andy." And they go to the next <laughs> person, and it's like, whew, yeah. Never underestimate the value of being known. Yeah. And so I think that's the first step. And then the second step is, am I doing something about it? Mm. Am I, am I committing to meeting with my sponsor? Am I doing my step study homework? Yeah. Do I, do I need to put some more meetings yeah. in my schedule? Yeah. We've got a great network of celebrate recoveries here in Northwest Arkansas. Oh, yeah. You can go to any single one of them. Right. Uh, and, and you're going to find some healing. And sometimes that's what we need, yeah, and get get serious about it,
0: yeah well and 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 you said that the meetings there is an online national meeting now too, yeah. on Wednesdays at two p m local time, uh so I know that's a tough time, but if you are able um it it goes an hour in change. They have a little bit of 15-minute fellowship at the end, but you can actually do an online open share group. They do a small Devo, and then they uh, they do some breakout groups, gender-specific groups. And so there's another opportunity if you're looking for a midweek online meeting in, in conjunction with the in-person. Please do the in-person. There's nothing more powerful than meeting in person. but. Yeah. But even like the general meeting, the worship experience, getting around other people in the journey with you and yeah. worshiping and hearing truth and hearing testimonies, that gives us oxygen, going to the open share group, going to step study when you feel like you can commit to that, because it is a commitment, meeting with accountability teams, calling people when you're struggling. Yes. Yeah. we <laughs> are trying to break that old cycle, right? And that phone feels like a million pounds when we're hurting. Yeah but we're trying something new. And one of those questions that we ask early in the process is, Hey, what's your level of motivation for change and why is it there? Yeah. Um, and then, and then unpacking, what does that mean to be motivated and making sure that, that we're carrying that out, not just dipping our, our toe in that space. So, yeah. so Andy, someone is listening. That's in that. Maybe there's still, there's some pride there and they're, Worried, what will other people think? There's some fear there. What do you say to them to bring the encouragement to jump all in in this process we call recovery?
1: Yeah, I think we we say it a lot in recovery, but uh, I think asking the question, could it honestly, truly be the case that Jesus hasn't freed me from something? Mm-hmm. He's freed me also for something mm-hmm. far much better. Yeah. And could it be the case that his words are actually true? Hmm. I think about James 4, 6, where it says, God opposes the proud. Hmm. But he gives grace to the humble. Yeah. And back with that Matthew 16 verse, mm-hmm. was Jesus really telling the truth when he said, whoever seeks to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me. We'll find it. Yeah. Could it be the case that there really is a life far deeper, far fuller, and far more free than I have ever imagined that Jesus really has purchased for me? Yeah. And it could it be the case that all of these smiling people that I see at CR on a Friday night have found something that I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. And what's
0: the cost? I mean, play this narrative out if you yes. stay on this course. Can you honestly see a good ending to this story if you stay in the current path that you're in? Yeah. And uh, what's the cost of that if you don't uh, do as, as Andy was saying? Uh, it reminds me of Matthew 11. It's one of my favorite passages. I read it in my testimony, but it says, Jesus, is. this is his words. He's saying, come to me and I will give you rest. All of you who work so hard beneath a heavy yoke, Wear my yoke, for it fits perfectly. Let me teach you, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your souls. Mm-hmm. You were not designed. None of us were designed to carry this on our own. Yeah. And having um, having God invited into that and the body of Christ into that um, takes us from a place of anxiety and chaos to peace and rest. And that's what we want for everyone listening um, no matter where you are, if you're in the middle of the journey or you're getting just getting started or you're considering, that's what Jesus wants for all of us, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Andy, thanks. Great, great conversation as always. I appreciate your wisdom and your insight and uh, great, great conversation. But then I want to say thank you to all of you that joined us uh, today. Hopefully this has been helpful. Listen, if you're on that side and you're scared, uh, we get it. We've been there too. Um, But it's worth it, guys. Just let go of whatever you're holding on to. Uh, You got to be tired. I know I was tired when I tried to do it. You can't do this on your own, whether it's your own stuff or someone close to you. Let go of that and trust God in this process. If you'd like to take that step or continue the process, we'd love for you to join us. You can find information about our Fayetteville and Rogers campus at Fellowship. Go to fellowshipcr.org. And um, you can find all kinds of good information on there. Just show up and uh, you don't have to bring anything. Just bring your heart and God will do the rest. Uh, We'd love for you to join us on this process. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.